Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. The sermon lesson for this morning's meditation is our Old Testament reading recorded for us in the book of Isaiah, the 60th chapter, verses 1 through 6. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is dawning upon you. Look, darkness covers the earth, and deep darkness covers the peoples, but the Lord will dawn upon them, and his glory will be seen over you. Nations will walk to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Look up, look all around and see. All of them have been gathered. They are coming to you. Your sons will come from far away, and people will carry your daughters on their side. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will race with excitement and burst with joy. For great riches from the sea will be delivered to you. The wealth of the nations will come to you. Caravans of camels will cover your land. Young camels from Midian and Ephah. All those from Sheba will come. They will carry gold and incense. And they will announce the good news of the praise of the Lord. Lord, these are your words and therefore they are your truth. We ask that you'd increase our faith through them. Amen. Dear fellow redeemed, have you ever heard somebody say something like this? Get excited, it's NFL playoff time. Or maybe a few months from now, people might be saying, get excited, it's March Madness. What about this one? Get excited, it's Epiphany. Maybe you haven't heard that one before. Really, what is there to get excited about? After all, we've just come down from the big holidays of Christmas and New Year's, and we're back to our workaday world. And for many of the kids here, school starts tomorrow, right? We just go back to the normal routine of things. Yet God encourages us today in his word really to get excited as he invites us to arise and shine. And why? Because the glory of the Lord is dawning upon us, and many nations will come to his light. In the Old Testament, God quite often uses that phrase, glory of the Lord, to refer to his physical presence among his people. It's used in reference to the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire that guided God's people. And if you think about it for a moment, that's actually quite amazing, isn't it? So many people today, they they wish that God would give them some sort of indication that he is real, make his presence known in our physical world. That's exactly what God did for them. He gave them a very visible sign that he was with them, a, a pillar of cloud right before their very eyes, then a pillar of fire at night. What more could they want? Evidence, proof that God was with them, that God was guiding them. Yet what Isaiah foretells in our text for today is something even more incredible. As the dawning of the glory of the Lord, as God would make his presence known among his people in a way that would be even more spectacular and glorious, as he had caused his son to be born. His birth is what we just celebrated at Christmas, wasn't it? This one who is born, Emmanuel, God with us, God in the flesh. Talk about God's physical presence, proof that he is among us that he is real. Greater proof than a cloud and fire. But Jesus in the flesh. 
who came and proclaimed God's message of salvation, who did so many miracles revealing himself as God. As God's light has certainly dawned upon us in Christ. It's interesting, though, to consider the darkness that pervades our world. Think of the darkness that so many people live in, intellectuals and also the simple, both living in darkness even in our world today. I think of the many great professors in our public universities that know so much about the natural order of things, of animals and plants and the sciences, and they, they study these things in depth, and they are wowed by everything that they discover, and yet they don't know who created it all. They think that it all came about by chance. What sort of darkness they live in, living lives filled without purpose. They see all of the wonders, but they know not the Creator. Or I think about people on the other side of the spectrum, those who are simple. A number of years ago, one of our missionaries by the name of Terry Schultz, who did much work down in the Amazon jungles, was giving a presentation uh, to a group in which I was a part. And he was describing what they found as they'd go into the jungles to go and speak to these people that had never heard the name of Christ. He described the darkness in which these people existed. These people were living lives of superstition and fear and terror that they were going to do something to disturb the evil spirits, perhaps, of their ancestors. And something bad was going to happen to them not knowing the God who has power over all evil. I think of for each and every one of us, if you go back far enough in your family tree, you'll find people who also lived in this darkness, not knowing the truth of God's word, filled with superstition, worshiping idols. But the light has dawned. The famous philosopher Plato wrote a book entitled The Republic. And in that book, he gives an analogy called the cave analogy concerning enlightenment, but I think it's a good illustration for us concerning this light. Plato pictures men who are chained to a wall in the back of the cave, and the only thing, the only reality they know is shadows dancing in front of them on the back of the cave wall. Little do they know that those shadows are nothing more than really the images of puppets being placed in front of a fire which is lit somewhere behind them. Yet in their ignorance, they think that is reality. So it is with the darkness that pervades our world when it comes to unbelief, people accepting their own notions of religion and God, leaving the images they see are reality. In fact, they are not. Plato, though, goes on to describe one of the men becoming free from his chains and standing up and looking around and looking behind them and seeing that it's all a facade, that it's only puppets being placed in front of a fire, and the images are all made up. It's not reality at all. And the man climbs and makes his way out of the cave and cannot believe what he sees when he reaches the mouth to the cave whole world outside as he sees a brilliant source of, of sunlight, far greater light than the fire in the cave. 
as he sees reality, as he is enlightened. In a way, this is a picture of what God has done for us. He's taken out a, us out of the darkness of unbelief and sin in the world, and he has revealed his truth. He has revealed to us that we are sinful human beings, but he has revealed much more about himself, that he is our Savior God, who has come to give us redemption and hope, and that there is nothing in this world or in the life to come that we need fear because we have life in him. The words arise and shine in our text for today are intended to arouse God's people from their lethargy and sleep. God's people who believed his promises of his word, many of them simply waiting for God to fulfill that word. Isaiah now is inviting them, wake up and get to work. Arise and shine. Think of so many of God's people receiving the benefit of his word, but now Isaiah's telling them, shine, shine forth the light that you yourselves have seen. Think about us, that we are beneficiaries of such light and such work. If you think about it, every single one of us have been beneficiaries of mission work in some way or another. The reason that you have faith today is because somebody brought the light of salvation to you. I think for many of us it was probably a parent, or maybe a grandparent, that brought us to baptism or brought us God's word, revealing the light of salvation to us. For none of us did God bring this light to us directly, but rather use so many others in our lives to show forth the light of the gospel. That we are beneficiaries of that work. Today we have the light of God's truth. We shine forth that light. If we don't shine that light, why not? Is it because we are afraid? Maybe afraid of what people will say if we do. Maybe is it because we just don't simply want to put the time or the effort or the resources towards that cause. We have other more important things to do. Or maybe we don't honestly want those people to know the truth. Maybe we see those people wrapped up in some other religion or wrapped up in some atrocious sin Do they really deserve to know the good news of salvation? But God reminds us in Ephesians chapter 5, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. He reminds us that every one of us at one time were in darkness, not deserving God's light, not deserving God's grace, but he sent someone into our lives to bring the gospel message to us by his mercy, by his grace. What an incredible difference that has made for us. Plato's analogy of the cave, he really asks what man, having seen the reality of the outside world and all the wonders of nature and creation outside of the sun shining in the sky, would ever want to head back down into the darkness of the cave. He said no one would want to head back into that ignorance. Except for perhaps a noble man an honorable man who would head back down into the cave for this purpose, 
to bring light to those in darkness. And what would happen when he'd go back down to see his fellow men still chained to the wall back in the cave? They would probably mock and ridicule him. They would say everything that he's saying is a dream, it's a joke, you fool for believing all of those things. But they themselves are the fools still living in darkness. And even though he would undergo ridicule and scorn, yet out of his desire for them to know the truth and to see the light, he would continue and to persist and to bring to them the good news of what the world is like around them. So too, we have a precious message to share. A message that really changes our entire outlook on life. As we have known our Savior Jesus Christ, the world around us scoffs and laughs at us for what we believe. But we know the truth. We know what God has brought to us in the Savior Jesus Christ. Hope that we have nothing to fear in Him. Now, it's a curious thing that people do sometimes when they find something special. Whether it is a, a restaurant that no one else knows about, and it has amazing food and amazing atmosphere. Whether it is the perfect campsite, or maybe an amazing a scenic spot. At times, people can not want to tell anybody else. If I tell other people about this place, well... Maybe it's going to become a tourist trap. Or maybe somebody else is going to, to, to take what I enjoy. Right? It's not the case when it comes to this light. As this light is shared, our joy is not decreased, but increased. We think of what Christ himself says in Luke chapter 15. I tell you in the same way there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. You see, our joy is increased as more and more people come to this light knowing their Savior, Jesus Christ. And not only is God's kingdom increased numerically, but also the work is increased as well. As we see in the example today in our gospel reading of these Gentiles, these wise men coming, and what did they bring? They brought further praise to God, glory to God from their own lips, worship offering to him. They themselves would continue to be messengers of this light, and they bring their gifts to him. As God's kingdom is increased in more ways than one, as the work is also increased, as more and more people now begin to spread this light. The story is told of a pastor who was troubled by a member of his congregation who would fall asleep during every sermon. And the pastor didn't want to address this issue directly, and so he decided that he was going to do something one day during his sermon. In the middle of his sermon, he made a very long pause. And then he said, Amen. The man stood up, looked around, realized how foolish he was. In that way, the pastor shamed him or embarrassed him into paying attention. God invites us today to arise, get up, arise, and shine. And he doesn't guilt us into that. Rather, he would have us see the joy that we have in knowing the light of salvation that has come to us at Christmas time, the light of salvation through our Savior Jesus Christ that is not only for us, but for the entire world, to see how it has changed our own lives want to continue to carry out that work throughout our world. 
As thanks be to God for this amazing light. Arise and shine. Amen. I invite the congregation to please arise. <laughs>